Welcome to Etchumon with Willis and Alex. Welcome to Etchumon. My name is Willis. And I'm Alex. Hello. Hello. And we're so excited to be presenting to you our first ever podcast episode. So first of all, what's our podcast about? Well, have you ever said or read a word in English and then wondered exactly how it came to be or where it originally came from? Well, our podcast is all about exploring the beginnings or origins of these English words and phrases, and we'll especially be focusing on the ones that originally come from the Bible. Mm. And you may want to fact check this, but I've read that the Bible has contributed more words to English uh, than Shakespeare. And as a side point, by the way, just in case you were wondering, uh, the word etymon, which we've named this podcast, has got a few nice little etymological links that link both the Bible and language side of this podcast. So uh, etymon is related to the word uh, etymology in English, but it's also got meanings related to truth and faith, which I think goes together pretty well. Mm, agree. Um, <laughs> a very clever name by us, but most importantly, I think it's that no other company has chosen it. So I think we're also good on intellectual property grounds also, um, which is very good. And what, um, what's the format of our podcast going to be? Well, for each episode, we plan to tackle one new phrase or word in English. And for our very first one, we'll be looking at one of the most famous English phrases that comes from the Bible, a good Samaritan. Alex, what does a good Samaritan mean in English? Yeah, so as you might know in English, we'd probably use the word a good Samaritan to describe someone who does a good selfless deed. Uh, but there's a lot more to the original story from which we get this phrase that you might find surprising. Uh, so it comes from the Bible, from the Gospel of Luke, more precisely, which was written by the eponymous doctor and amateur historian around AD 80 to maybe 90-ish, uh, recording basically Jesus's life using eyewitness accounts. And so Good Samaritan originates from one of these episodes of Jesus's many encounters with the religious elite of his time. Hmm, fantastic. Well, yeah, let's dive right in um, to this original text from which the Good Samaritan, uh, that phrase comes from. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a story within a story since Jesus tells the Good Samaritan the story, the parable as a illustration, right? Hmm. So it comes about when, on one occasion, an expert in the Jewish law stood up to test Jesus. A teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replies, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And the expert replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So it sounds fairly straightforward so far. But this uh, law expert wants to justify himself, right? So he asks Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And in response, Jesus tells his story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, one of the religious leaders, happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, who was one of the temple workers, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side as well. But a Samaritan, 
as he travelled, came where the man was. And as a side note, a bit of ancient Palestinian geography, there weren't exactly many Samaritans around this area. So this is unexpected. Hmm. And when the Samaritans saw this man, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, which is maybe about a few hundred bucks a day, and gave them to the innkeeper. I guess accommodation was pretty expensive back then as well. Uh, <laughs> look after him, he says, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus finishes there and asks, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the law expert replies, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus tells him, go and do likewise. And that's basically the story. Hmm. Yeah, thanks a lot for sharing Yeah, this original story from the Bible, Alex. To you who are listening, what are your first reflections? I'll share two random ones of mine. First, while many things seem to change over history, it seems that lawyers trying to justify themselves and asking way too many questions has not. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but credit is due, this time at least, as the lawyer's question, and who is my neighbor, gets us this interesting story in the first place. So respect. Uh, secondly, it looks like our understanding of what the phrase Good Samaritan means is fairly sp spot on with the story. We have here a person who does a good and selfless deed. But Alex, you wanted to mention that there are also some additional dimensions of meaning to this original story, which may have been lost in our conventional understanding of the English phrase, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the key things that we've lost in our contemporary English usage uh, is what the term Samaritan connoted for first century Jews. It was a, a very, just not a good relationship. Jews viewed Samaritans as basically like their ultimate enemies, and the feeling was pretty mutual. It's hard, I think, to exaggerate simply the degree of enmity and hatred there was. Uh, I've heard it put that, say, you know, if this story was being told in an Australian context, Jesus might be telling a story about a white supremacist who was walking down the road and helping this man. Wow. So it's, hmm. so it's not just simply weird or countercultural for Jesus to have a Samaritan hero. It's ridiculously offensive, even. Like, if it was just a nice story about being a nice person, Jesus could have replaced the Samaritan figure with, like, you know, your average Jew. And you could still tell that, tell that story and have the added bonus of criticizing those dodgy, hypocritical leaders. But the Samaritan, um, I think that feature really makes Jesus' audience uncomfortable and makes them think, makes them stop and think there's something more to this. Hmm. What do you think is the reason Jesus makes this hero of the story such an outrageously offensive white supremacist equivalent in everyday language person to the first century Jews he was telling the story to at the time? Why didn't he just choose a less offensive person to them? As in, yeah, what was his purpose in doing so? That's a good question. And I think... um. I think related to that is another key feature of this parable, as opposed to some of Jesus's other stories. And I'm not trying to dodge the question, but just outlining a bit of the, um, yeah, I think the literary features. Jesus gives a lot of detail to emphasize this Samaritan's over-the-top behavior, right? He hmm. goes out of his way and gives him immediate medical care, right? There's all these, you know, bandages and oil and wine and spends a lot of time and money to take care of him himself. You know, puts him on his own donkey and, and pays for his accommodation and so on. And this mm. is all way above the court of duty. And it's certainly 
not what many of us would do, I think, to a stranger in need. And so all of this combined with this um, Samaritan figure, I think challenges the idea that it's not simply, here's a story, therefore be a good person. It's not as simple as that. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I definitely can see how Luke yeah, and therefore Jesus, when he does tell the story, yeah, he does, he does really emphasize the goodness of the Samaritan, not only bandaging the injured man up, but going, going even further and putting him on a donkey, getting him to an inn and even paying the innkeeper to look after him. Yeah. It, it really does sound like next level stuff. Um, yeah. Mm. And I think another thing, which is also challenging the traditional idea that, you know, good Samaritan equals good person, be a nice guy kind of thing is that ultimately this story is told from the perspective of the wounded man. And I think, you know, we, we begin to hear this guy's story on his journey. Uh, and I think we're meant to identify with him, this guy who ends up getting, you know, beaten up, ignored, and rejected by the very people who are meant to be looking after his well-being, right? The, those uh, religious leaders at the time. And I think whether you're a first century Palestinian Jew or a 21st century Australian, I think uh, most of us can identify with feeling ignored or rejected or marginalized by, you know, authorities or other authority figures in our life. Hmm. Agree. I think, yeah, unfortunately being failed, betrayed and disappointed in those who we do look up to uh, for help or expect help to come from, yeah, seems to be sadly a core feature of being human. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when we consider like these things, I think um, there's a strong case to be made uh, for the Good Samaritan to actually be standing in, I think, kind of for Jesus. So it's not simply just a moral story to be nice, because if it was that, you could, you know, just have, you know, your average Jew comes in to save the day, and that would be kind of perhaps the, the expectation, the trope, and it'd be all well and good, and it's a good story. But when we look at the whole picture, I think it's, we're looking at the story of this beaten up man, mm. uh, rather than the Good Samaritan per se. I think we feel his pain as he gets mugged, and that shock and disappointment as, as those people who are meant to help us don't and just walk past. And we're kind of expecting some hope to get us out of the predicament uh, that faces our traveler. Hmm. And as you're we suggesting before, it's effectively impossible for us to be as nice as a Samaritan is in this story. If Jesus was saying that is the standard for loving your neighbor and thereby inheriting eternal life, like I am definitely out for sure. Definitely that law expert's ego would have been deflated let alone any um, quote-unquote average Jew who heard this story and thought that, um, you know, they were, you know, they were right with God in a sense uh, through what they were doing. Mm, yeah, I agree. Like if this is a standard for what it means to be a good person, we're all pretty doomed. Mm. And I think when you think about it that way, the lawyer's reaction, um, he was hoping to be justified and come away from Jesus kind of feeling, yeah, you know, I've done my good deeds in my life so far. So, you know, I'm a pretty decent person. Um, but I guess he probably would have been thinking, you know, that that's, was not what I was expecting. Is that sort of extreme kindness what God needs me to do? How can I possibly do that consistently? Yeah, like I think, however, that is a question that, Luke addresses as he continues Jesus's story. And I think throughout Luke, we get more and more a sense of how Jesus is, in fact, uh, the Good Samaritan, this, right, this hated, reviled, rejected person who shows outrageous and unexpected love and care, not just to a friend, but to 
enemies even. And so, yeah, from that lens, I think it makes sense that many people understand Jesus to be telling much more than a moral story. There's this whole uh, bigger, greater, um, massive theological idea of God's sacrifice, his love being so great that he wants to bring helpless people who can't save themselves together with him. Hmm. A very striking thought to finish with, yeah, that Jesus not only told this story as a moral lesson of sorts, although that might be a part of it, but perhaps to go even further and symbolize himself as a good Samaritan for the poor, beaten and broken people of this world. Thanks a lot, Alex. And thanks a lot to everyone listening for tuning in also. If you've made it this far, you have just become a part of history in witnessing our first ever episode of Etchumon, a podcast series investigating contemporary English words and phrases which lend their origins to the Bible. Please stay tuned for our next episode coming out next week, where we'll be taking a look at another strange phrase that that originally comes from the Bible, by the skin of your teeth. This is Willis, Willis and Alex checking out of our first ever podcast episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. See you next time.